0: Hello and welcome to the Women Who Flourish podcast. My name is Alia and I'm an empowerment coach specializing in confidence and self-love. If really getting to know who you are, own who you are, and love who you are is something that's important to you, then this is definitely the show for you. I'm obsessed with helping women step into the next version of themselves so they can bring out the fire that's sitting inside of them, start taking aligned action, and become ready to receive so much abundance and success. Thank you for being here with me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's grow together. Hello everyone. Welcome to this episode today. I hope you're all well, wherever you are, whether you're uh, in the car, you're getting ready in the morning, maybe you're going for a walk. I'm really grateful to be here with you all today. So today's episode, uh, the topic is one that is very, very close to my heart, uh, mainly because I left my full-time career in public health and then started my own business uh, five years ago. And now we're going through this, this period of the great resignation where millions of people are now seeking change. So many people, millions of employees around the world are quitting their jobs because they want to do something different. And, you know, nowadays, we're at a time where, you know, we're looking for more meaning in what we do as well. You know, there's, and it's it's causing so many people to, to look elsewhere and think, what is actually important for me? What is important for me in my life? Who am I? What do I really want to do? And they're starting to, to make different decisions based on that. So, you know, the corporate world isn't for everyone, and entrepreneurship isn't for everyone as well. And so we'll be delving into the two today. To have this really great conversation, I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, Shazeen Jamil. So it all started with an ambition to give local specialty coffee a voice. Shazeen Jamil, based out of Dubai, is an entrepreneur within the tech and coffee space. She holds a bachelor's degree in finance and actuarial math and obtained a master's in finance from Cass Business School in London. Driven by her love for coffee, she's dedicated her work towards creating a transparent and accessible marketplace for coffee in all areas of the supply chain. Her recent exit of, of Sippy Beans and transition into coffee, the leading online coffee marketplace in the region is part of her larger mission of supporting coffee farms, providing a larger platform for speciality roasters and catering to cafes. Also, she makes a mean cup of coffee. Hi, morning Shazid. how are you? Good morning, Ali.
1: I'm doing really well. How are you? Thank you for that introduction.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. I'm really good. Thank you. So Shazina and I met last summer, didn't I, at a pop-up? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was It was actually one of our very first pop-ups. It was on such a small scale. We were so excited. And uh, yeah, you were. I think you came in the morning as well, so you're one of our first customers. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was nice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love that we you were very your store was really welcoming, you're really inviting, and you just all seem really friendly. And I was like, oh, let me let me see what this is all about. And I was really interested to learn more about coffee. And, um, you know, you you taught me a lot about, you know, coffee and where it's roasted, where it comes from. And we, I had some as well. I tried it. That's why I can say that your coffee is so it was delicious. And I was sold as well, which is why I bought a few boxes um, at the time. So, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. And we had a great conversation and I was really interested in your journey. And I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to, to open up this conversation and bring you on to this podcast and, and talk about it more. No, thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm actually quite excited to talk about this. Um, it's it's been a long, long journey, and, and I think you saw us. Um, I think six months into our journey, or maybe about six to eight months in. So a lot has changed since, and I mean, in the best way possible. So which is great, but yeah, a lot's had, a lot has changed.
0: Yeah. That's great. Okay, so we have so much to delve into. Clearly, <laughs> so yes, let's please. start. I say okay, let's start at the beginning. So you have a background in finance so tell us about you know the early days of your career
1: after graduating i think the first thing was great get a job you know the usual the big four or something like that and and i was okay with that um but for some reason i just Maybe it didn't want it to happen or maybe there were, there were bigger plans, which clearly I see now. I never did go into all of that. Um, it would always be a startup within the financial sector or it would be something else, um, a, a big corporate, but, uh, you know, involved in acquisitions or involved in something so I was definitely into finance but just not in the in the usual way that you'd imagine Um, which at that time I was really upset about I I, I used and I didn't know for a fact that had I actually gotten a a role at one of these places I would have stuck it out and I'd still be there Uh, because it wouldn't have given me a reason to leave And one thing about me is that I'm not going to give up like you need to give me a really good reason to say, okay, I'm going to walk away. Um, It's not going to be in terms of like opportunistic way, but rather something is really wrong. And that's why I need to leave. And um, I just really liked finance. So there wasn't there wouldn't have been a reason. Um, So, yes, I bounced around in quite a few uh, places and I think the last one in the financial area was for this early education group. It was a French group over here. Again, it was it just started here new. So it was like a startup uh, as well, but we were acquiring a lot of uh, other institutions around here. So again, very much m focused, investments, all of that. And it was great, but I just caught myself always Dabbling into other things, mm-hmm. so it would be like, okay, great, we're doing this, where we're buying this, or or this is how it should look like, and this is the projections, and, and, and all of these little things. But then I'd think about it, I'd be like, okay, but, but why? Why are we buying it? What's the what's the marketing involved? What's the what? You know, why uh, in terms of sales? Why in terms of this? Why in terms of that? And how does this work? How does that work? Mm-hmm. So I always put my hands into everything, and I think that was it wasn't good if I wanted to continue in finance because essentially you need to become an expert in that field. And I wasn't, I, I, I could do it, but I just wasn't enjoying it. I was like, okay, this, I, I need more. I, I definitely need more. Just numbers not going to, you know, mm. get, get me by. So, so yeah, that's how the finance part of my journey was. Um, and then after that, uh, what I did was I had to do, I had to do something else. I didn't know what it was. I had absolutely, um, zero answers so I thought okay do you know what maybe finance is not it maybe I just studied and then and, and, you know got all these qualifications and then the wrong field um, don't get me wrong I'm very happy that I did if anything finance has helped me a lot in a lot of ways but uh, so then what I did was I applied for another master's degree at uh, Harvard and I got in I started I went in for a uh, course in innovation and entrepreneurship and started that that was that was an eye-opener it was it was so interesting just um the people around especially the 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 way people thought of things and it wasn't go great you know go get a job nine to five do your thing come back home like there was a lot bigger things to you know get get into there's just so much you could conquer so that was an interesting thing um I haven't finished it yet I just got I got busy with everything else so I have another two years to complete it hopefully I do fingers crossed um but yeah anyways that opened my eyes and I was like okay do you know what I need to do something for myself and I always knew I had this inkling towards towards entrepreneurship towards business and maybe it came from my family like I come from from the lineage of just just entrepreneurs uh no one's in the corporate world um so I think more so also because I guess I didn't get the guidance in the corporate world then and I had a lot of guidance the other way so I thought okay let's try that I see a gap uh in different areas and why not go for it
0: so I mean I'm I'm moving forward towards yeah I'm gonna pause (laughs) you there I feel like yeah we can definitely (laughs) delve in a bit more so Because I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with that. I think, you know, especially when you said about you felt like you wanted more. I know I was definitely at that place as well. I I actually had my dream job on paper. It was like Mm -hmm. the role, you know, based on my my academic background, my, my education, like my masters, everything. I was like, wow, this is what I would you know, this is literally my dream job. But really, it just didn't fulfill me in the way that I, you know, would have wanted it to, that I expected. And I just felt like there's so much more that I could be doing. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't know at the time. I just knew that I had to explore that. And so I just want to delve into that a little bit deeper with you is that you kind of felt like you're at this place where, you know, hmm, I feel like I want more. And a lot of people listening will resonate with that. So at that stage, what made you Think, okay, actually, that's what I want to do. It's a master's, or maybe I'm going to delve into business. what How did you make that decision? So
1: I knew I wasn't happy or I wasn't fulfilled uh, with what I was doing. So I needed a restart, like, I needed a reset button somewhere. And I don't know if that's the right way to go about things but I just needed a reset I didn't know what that reset was and for me it was always education it always has been so and and people and just a different environment so that's what I went for I was like okay what is what is that thing and um turned out to be education it actually did help and in terms of wanting more I think there's two ways to get more right so there is more in terms of your actual uh expertise area so Again, you know, you can move up the ranks in that area. You can you can get more uh, qualified in that area, or you can learn more skills in that area. But also, then it is towards all right, I, I want enough of this, but I also want a little bit more of this area and a little bit more of, more of that area. Because every person, I mean, there is a limit to what you
0: can do and what you can learn. Do you mean more as in different areas of your life? So maybe more free time, more time with the family, friends? Is that what you mean? Or you mean more within your career and your business? Within the career. Yeah. So okay.
1: either you could keep going towards finance and move upwards and then reach that level 100, let's say. But- I wanted I would rather okay I've reached 80 over here I want to reach another 50 or 60 in maybe another area of the business and then then another 50 60 in another area of business so essentially yes I don't reach 100 in any one of them but I have enough diversified yeah that's where the finance comes in you don't need to have a diversified portfolio all the time yeah
0: (laughs) okay right so and then for you which one did you choose then you chose to like you said you like the variety if that's right Mm -hmm. you like variety so you're like I want to try something different I want Mm to grow my skills more yeah Yeah. so yeah so I did
1: that and then um while I was there I actually started thinking of the gaps and I always have my eye out for things right like what's happening I mean I see some I I, I see the market I see where if there's a gap somewhere or the other um so I saw a gap in uh what you call it in in superfoods so that was actually something my one of my first uh ventures that I attempted to, to get into and I wanted to create a superfood um, concept of some sort and at that time it was uh, really early stages for it and it wasn't um, the market wasn't saturated and I thought okay great this is something that there's a gap I, I had a passion for for business itself mm-hmm. so I was like, okay great found a gap let's make a business out of it right we have the we'll get different expertise in different areas and, and we'll, we'll do it so yeah that was how it actually started So just to conclude that part, um, I tried doing that. I did that for about six months, but I didn't know anything about superfoods. I knew there was a gap. I knew how to attack it with different areas of business. I just didn't, I couldn't do it well. So I paused that for a bit, got married, did all of that. And then uh, I was in Dubai and I never thought I could put business and coffee together. Uh, I knew I loved the two. I just didn't know how to put it together. So... Now the coffee journey. Um, I actually remember when I had my first cup of coffee. It was uh, back in 2013. I had just moved to London, and uh, it was it was January, so it was super cold. Growing up over here, it's I didn't know what cold was. I didn't know yeah. how to, I didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> So I got out of uh, the station that first morning, it was, it was, the, it was Angel Station, and um, got out, and I had a 10-minute walk to uni, and I was like, all right, what, what do I do? It, it's so cold. I saw Starbucks in front of me, yeah. and thought, okay, right, they have coffee, coffee is hot, let's finally try coffee. Um, went in, ordered an extra hot, I think it was a caramel macchiato with an extra two sugars, and then a I don't know, pump of vanilla or something yeah. like that really i bet you look back started. and you're like oh <laughs> right i did I actually did. i'm actually gonna try that you know again i'm gonna try that little one thing that got me into coffee yeah. i, I I, I need to. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it started that way. And I'd use it as a hand warmer on all yeah. towards uni. And then uh, when I would get there into a the lecture room, now obviously everything's heated. Mm-hmm. So is like, all right now I have to drink this? and I would, I'd have to. Um, so that's how it started. And that would be my daily thing. And I would just keep having it and uh, after a while I realized you know I mean those sugars and caramel and vanilla isn't exactly a good way to start your morning so then went down lowered the sugar went down to the black coffee Um, and then and then yeah so that was my sort of how I got into coffee and um so I started exploring different coffee around and London has such a vast um uh, network of coffee uh, shops around so I didn't know the difference between specialty and commercial coffee um I would just try different coffee and I'd like some and I don't like some and I didn't realize why um so that's essentially how it uh, started and then
0: fast forward to Dubai wow I guess there was that curiosity there mm-hmm. and it all starts with curiosity right you were like I just want to know more I just want to just find out a bit more and of course there are so many kind of cute coffee shops cafes in London as well it's always just nice to go and sit and experience so was that part of it as well did you kind of make it part of the lifestyle just to go and drink coffee and try different you know places. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: it started off as one of those uh, Instagram pages, you know, where it's <laughs>
0: like oh, I'm at this
1: coffee, it, it tastes nice. It's great on this level and the place, the atmosphere is nice. Da, 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 da. I started rating places. Yeah. Um, that's how it started, really.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. It's always so nice to say that. Yeah. So there was the interest there and you started sharing it, I guess. and then but it it became more for you didn't it so it wasn't just about like okay let me just keep warm or let me just post on Instagram about the cute places I'm going to then it was like oh actually so what what made you actually get interested in I guess the stories behind the coffee and the history and just learning more you know behind the scenes because most people don't we just drink coffee and then that's kind of it but for you it was more so what what was that for you
1: so there's a very uh, there there was a difference in taste and and that's all I knew of at that point, taste. Um, I knew there was very visible difference. I was like, all right, well, what is this? Why does this coffee, it, again, just let's say it's an Americano. Why does this Americano taste so much different than this one? And and I like this one, you know, one of them compared to the other. So then, then I started delving into it. I was like, why? Well, what's the difference? And there is when I discovered it's specialty coffee versus non-specialty. And I just had to wonder why is there a difference coffee at that time it was coffee is coffee right why is there a difference and why are you making it this way and why are you not making it this way so that's where I went in and then I got into the whole story of of, you know how the beans are procured how they're processed how they're roasted how they're brewed um, all of these things and I realized there's an actual difference and it all comes from the farmers so you know whether you uh, handpick the cherries and then you process and then and then uh, they're at higher altitudes, all these little things, um, or you just you know go and just take uh, you know tons and tons in one go with a machine and then uh, roast it to one uh, profile and that's it. So that's where I came in, and it was really hard at that point because all of us thought coffee is coffee. It was really hard for specialty coffee roasters to really uh showcase why it was specialty and why you should pay an extra pound or an extra five to eight dirhams for a cup um so that that's where I came in that's where I was like okay do you know what there there's a space for this there's a space for education in this area
0: so at that point did you ever think about oh there's a this is something that I could do this is something I make, I could make into a business or was it just a passion at the time for you was it just something that you were interested in
1: It was just a passion. I never thought I could put the two together. I never thought I needed to put the two together. It was always, okay, great. I like doing this in my free time. And this is what work is. Never thought the two would go together. And whenever I would think about it, I was like, okay, great. So barista, roaster, those are the only things I would think about. And even within specialty, great. I'll be a specialty roaster. I'll be a specialty barista. Um, I didn't think of the two together. And uh, and I needed something in the business area that would focus on coffee but i just didn't know so that's when when i came to dubai uh that's where sippy came in so otherwise in london i, I wouldn't have thought of it
0: so yeah tell me about that then so when you moved to dubai mm-hmm. when was that moment that you realized oh wow i could actually make this into a mm-hmm. business
1: right so the way it happened is i saw this app over here, and it was focused on cafes and it was, you know, bringing uh, p- people towards specialty cafes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very, it was on a very small scale. And, but because I knew something similar in, in, in the UK, I thought, okay, great. I need to be a part of this somehow. Uh, so I approached the guys and I was like, you know, I, I need to know what's happening over here. And they're like, yeah, well, this was the concept. And I mean, that's about it. Uh, so I joined them and then after I I did that we were dabbling with the idea of because that wasn't something that was fully fledged yet so I was we were dabbling with the idea of beans right because we were like I want beans at home you want beans at home why don't we just start a website where we just do that uh didn't think it would actually lift off or or anything it was merely something that was for us and uh, we just wanted access to it uh that's when COVID hit as well so covid hit now essentially the cafes were shut down so there was only this and uh the way it happened again it was for me it was so early on i thought okay great that no problem i mean there'll be an order or two we just started we just launched an order or two here and there take it to my apartment i'll I'll start from there and uh i did that and then i think like three days in to COVID, three days into that lockdown, the orders started coming in, and we were just, it was really, I mean, it was overwhelming as well. Yeah. But it was amazing to see the response. I mean, people really did like good coffee. We didn't realize how much. And we thought, okay, there is the education aspect, but people actually already have an idea of, of good quality or good tasting coffee. We just have to tell them why it is good tasting.
0: Um, that's yeah. awesome. And like so the timing of it as well. I mean, that's a time where things were just so unpredictable. It was a difficult time. We were in full lockdown as well here in, in Dubai. So obviously mm-hmm. you were just working from home. You weren't able to go and meet anyone. You weren't able to go out. You were at home. And I mean, so that must have been quite a surprise as well. Like you said, it was, it was, just, it was shocking.
1: It was and it was it was tiring though. It was very tiring. Uh, it was Ramadan at that time as well. So the timings were all off. Um, and we were building the market at that time too. So having so roasters didn't weren't too um, comfortable with this because they didn't know of it. They didn't know. Their primary customer was um, were cafes. So they didn't need the B2C model. They just thought, okay, cafes, and then customers go to cafes and do what they want. They either have the cup or they get the beans so it was a lot of education on that part too where no we need to open up that b2c market for you and you don't have that right now um, especially because of covid you don't even have your b2b so so let's do something okay. and for them to all at the same time uh, put up websites and and you know do the seo and do everything that's related to it make sure that the logistics on point all of that yeah. that was not easy. Instead, it was better if, and again, it was all a community effort. It was better if one person did that, which was, which was Sippy, yeah. as a joint effort. For the customer, that customer would have to go to one place. Um, and the roasters could benefit from it equally.
0: So I wanted to delve in a little bit more about, you said it was difficult because, you know, mm-hmm. on the outside, and like you said, on the surface, I mean, I'm so happy for you. Like you said, it just, It 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 really just blew up within the first month. And you're like, wow, this is you know overwhelming. This is not what we expected. But the behind the scenes, you know, is is a whole different story. Now, I want to delve into this because people can often think that, you know, entrepreneurship is is glamorous, it's like you said, just all the quick wins, and you have an idea and you put it out and you just make loads of money and then if you don't like why i'm failing but the behind the scenes is completely different and and mm-hmm. i think it's, it's important fun. to um be aware of the reality so that when you do find yourselves in situations that aren't glamorous which is most of the time and you have to do so much work and it takes so much out of you 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 mm-hmm. realize that this is a part of it yeah i just wanted to just delve into that a bit more and say you know i'm on the outside it's great that think that happened but what was the reality really you know like mm-hmm.
1: So it was a constant struggle with myself. I was, you know, I started off with, okay, great. Let me make this uh, this bulletproof budget. Then let me, uh, you know, map out the sales of projections. Let me do all of that fancy, fancy stuff. Um, and then also let me, uh, you know, make some calls here. and make... So I had that in my head where it was gonna be glamorous. I did have that mm-hmm. and it wasn't, it, it came down to literally me um, doing the first mile pickups. Like I would have to, I would go in and I would map out a, a delivery schedule where I would go myself and Go to each roaster, pick up bags, and again, it wasn't glamorous. I wasn't going there and and sitting down for a cup of coffee and being like, "Oh right, yeah, we need a couple of these bags here," so just just stuff them into the. It wasn't that. It was me going there, and every time you go in, you have to introduce yourself. You have to really put yourself out there, and uh, that was difficult. That was difficult because I was like, you know, I could have just been in corporate where you know you have that status already and you're you're at that level where you're like, "Oh yeah, okay, you can you know email me about this." Can't do that anymore. Yeah. So. That was that was a struggle. Uh, a struggle to you know get up at like eight in the morning and drive down to all these roasters and and, and pick up bags and, and bring them back home and then pack them into different boxes and make sure and then coordinate with the drivers. Oh, are you coming? When are you coming? What's happening? that was tough. That was really tough. Um, but then that gave me a lot of insight into actually what's happening at the bottom. So today when I have to train someone in logistics or when I have to really do the business, I don't know just the fluff. I know what's on the inside. So there's, I will definitely get an expert, but there's, there's, it's not going to be, um, it's not just like, okay, great, give me give me this report and, and I want it now. I know how it is. I have an idea that I, I can't ask for this now. I know that I need, it makes you a really good manager at the end of it as well. Uh, it, makes you, it makes it easier to run. So I'm really glad I went through all of that because I can't ask for unrealistic things. But I know that if you were to do something and because you really need to do it, you really want to do it. So it can be done as well. So if someone says it can't be done, you know it's been done. And the worst part is the money part where it's like, okay, great, I could have, I could have, you know, hired a, a Korean box and been like, okay, yeah, go get me this or go get me that. But then I was like, oh, that's going to hit my budget. That's, that's going to increase my burn. Can't do that either. So at the end of the day, who gets most of the grant? It's you. I, I'd rather drive an hour away just yeah. to save those like 50, 100 Yeah, yeah. Just because I had to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say are the skills, you know, the personal skills and like the characteristics. are very important to have and maybe not you don't have them initially but to at least develop um during this journey of entrepreneurship
1: patience is one of the biggest things and again knowing that you know why have i left my corporate job to what to like you know go and deliver to uh deliver coffee to people like is is that what is that what i left my job for Uh, so but you have to realize that there is a bigger picture and it will get better you just need really supportive people around uh that is huge because again you are going to have a lot of people on the inside they will know the real journey and they if they don't support the bigger vision they will also you know say what you left for this like why are you waking up why are you not sleeping like what's like is and and again it's not even it's not that your bank account just keeps increasing and multiplying as well it's depleting so what why what's the point so if you don't have those supportive people around you and you don't have that patience within you and, and the people around you need that patience too because you affect them too right it's not just you alone you, you everyone around you gets that grunt you've had a bad day or or things are getting difficult you need to sort something you're gonna let it out somewhere and that somewhere is the people around you and if they don't have the patience as well to deal with that they're like no just go to your job and you'll be happy we'll be happy and it'll be fine
0: yeah but I think yeah that- it's kind of like it's almost like why why you put yourself through this stress sometimes in entrepreneurship you're like it would be so much more cushy just work my nine to five I wouldn't have this extra stress but I think part of it is like having that the passion and the drive so much that you almost can't imagine yourself doing something else you know it's like well this is I'd rather work harder and have you Mm -hmm. know more stress in this sense but doing what I want to do and Mm -hmm. I want to touch on the patience thing a bit more as well because it it really is just so important and um, you know I also I know a lot of entrepreneurs I coach a lot of entrepreneurs as well and this is something that I just have to reiterate over and over again is is the patient side of things because especially Mm -hmm. now we look on social media we look on Instagram and we're just like oh, it's it's been so easy for them. I want that now. I want to get that. I want to have that now. I oh, I think I can have that now. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you don't realize that this, it, it's a long, long, long process. Patience. Mm-hmm. And I think especially as entrepreneurs, when we you have energy, there's so many things you want to do. You get stuck in. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are impatient, <laughs> very impatient. It's something that we struggle with a lot is that we're very impatient just because we ha- we're just so excited to make things happen. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about you. There's so many mm-hmm. external factors, you know, at play. And anything that's, you know, worth creating and developing, it does take time. It's it's a long game. And I think, especially now, we have everything on instant access, like food, coffee, yeah. gym, anything, oh, yeah. any kind of service, even more so in Dubai. <laughs> like we just, anything we want, like in a, in a click. And yeah. so then to, to kind of hey say, hey, you have to be patient. It's like, what? what no how so but uh yeah I think that is one of the the biggest things on this journey is is to master patience because it's really tough
1: yeah you need to draw a fine line as well because sometimes it's that could also be a problem because if you are too patient then you lose out on opportunities as well so it's 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 the fine line between giving enough of it and and not being that I mean being patient enough that you don't burn out yeah. Right. Because then then you will. You're like, oh no, but I have to do this and this and this and this. And i do it fast. If I can't do this right now, then let me do this. And if I can't do this, let me do this. So that is key. That is important as well as an entrepreneur. But um it does result in burnout. So that's where the patient does come in. Um, but also the other way where if you're too patient, if you're too like, no, things will happen. It's fine. Yeah. No problem. That's kind of, that's that's not good either.
0: So that finding a fine line, I don't think anyone- ever- I like that. hundred percent. It's having the fine line between- Doing things happen, being proactive, and mm-hmm. but but on a bigger scale, it's kind of like you know it's kind of like being impatient in the day to day, but then being patient yeah. in the in mm. the bigger picture. I like to think <laughs> of it in that way, yeah. Um, so having that that nice balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's gonna yeah be very you know very frustrating. And um I, I another couple of characteristics that you think are very important, you know, for someone you know listening. Uh, maybe they are an entrepreneur right now and they're like, OK, which skills, characteristics are important for me to develop so that I can be successful?
1: I think what's also really important is eventually you're not going to be doing it on your own. So you need to have very good understanding of people um, that is, I think, sometimes underrated. That's all. OK, I'm the entrepreneur. I can do it. I have the vision and I'll do it. It's not about that. It's also about the people that you will eventually have on your team or or have as uh, partners or, or whatever the stakeholders are you need to be very mindful of them and you need to be able to cater to them as well because at the end of the day if it is your vision you need to give enough to other people to also buy into your vision and, and do it to the ability that they should it's not just about money it's not about great okay it's fine I'll get that uh, funding round and I'll just uh, pay them more yeah. it's not that there's so much more than that. You need to have that um, characteristic to be able to understand who you employ and understand and, and how to employ the right people for it. It's not about the CVs. It's not about great, you know, uh, you've graduated from X, Y, Z, or you've done, you have this experience and um, here's the money for it. Now do it. You can't do that. You have to understand what you need. And and in in in, in a startup, you're never going to have that role carved out. So it's not going to be great. I need someone to manage my um marketing so i need a marketeer no maybe it's someone that actually knows how to talk and convince people in certain things and you know that's what you need for your particular startup uh, so you need to really understand what your business needs from people's perspective too um, and i just think it's you. It is a very uh, a solo venture at the start, but it needs to be ready to onboard people. Uh, and those people need to be your founding partners, essentially,
0: uh, in order to take you through
1: Honda's alone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So finding the right people and, and treating them as, as individuals, like tailoring how you are with them according to who they are.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and and like you said it's
0: so much more than the cv nowadays as well you know a great Uh cv is just it's it's so much more than that now and i think it kind of touches on the emotional intelligence as well it's kind of what you were saying and when it comes to people skills is having emotional intelligence like being able to read people being able to communicate differently according to who you're speaking to whether it's the customer the client or your team member to be able to bring out the best in them
1: yeah that's that's very important i think that is that is one of the things that I give the most credit to within Zipi is the people um, more than anything else you do
0: have a lovely team by the way I know I met a few and they were there at the pop-up and, and that's what at the end of the day that's what you know drove me to come and speak I think I was talking to your team for about half an hour or something right I was there for ages um, oh, for that reason and you know your team you could feel the passion you really yeah. could feel the passion from everyone which is so lovely no I think that was uh, that,
1: that's something that I'm definitely very happy about the team the team that we got and the team that we have today is uh I wouldn't change them out for anyone and I'm just so happy i'm so gr- i grateful
0: <laughs> wow. well it's kudos to you as well for being a great leader um because it's you know your role to bring out the best in them and and share that vision with them like you said it's so much more than money. people are driven by so uh-huh. much more than that nowadays so and I know from talking offline with you as well, we had this conversation where you were very much like you really try to instill the vision into your, your team as well. So that they're on this journey with you. I remember you saying you really want them to be on this journey with you and you want them to stay with you and, and build together, right? So it's essentially something you're building and growing as a family together. Okay, So let's touch on burnout, right? Cause burnout, oh, it's, it's huge. Have you ever experienced burnout? I
1: have, uh, it was, uh, it was really bad. I think it was again it was not having that patience I learned patience I didn't I wasn't I didn't have it to start with and you can't have it to start with you can understand that okay I need patience to do something but you're not going to have it until you really go through it um so yeah I didn't have the patience for me every day every hour was important and if I didn't do something for that hour that's literally an hour missed out on uh the next round of funding or or the next set of orders or the next campaign or the next this and that was I think someone someone told me this um and I, I took that to heart is that I would never be able to take a day off I forget weekends, just a day off was not something that I could do. Why? Because, and then that person told me, "Is like, if this place that you've, you've built and it's been at least three to six months, if you can't take one day off and, and you think that things will fall apart or something, then there's something even bigger wrong with it. Like there's just something really wrong with it, right? The fact that whatever you build can't last a day without you, that is a bigger problem. Yeah. So you need to actually test that out and and I did that I was like okay do you know what let's see let's see and that's where again the team comes in where it's like okay you you treat you uh, train everyone and you motivate them enough to sort of do things on their own you're you're not gonna okay great set set up this for me and set up this for me and provide me this report but then I'll do everything um you're gonna burn out you can't do everything so you need to give them the resources to do that and also if they fail so what Mm -hmm. the company is not going to go down and if it does, because of that one day, then
0: you have a bigger problem. This is not the problem. Like, can I ask you, was that, was that scary for you though? Giving, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> you know, giving away some of that and, and, and delegating and giving because when you're so used to doing everything yourself and trusting other people, was that scary for you to do initially?
1: It was. And especially in terms of customers so our very early set of customers um I would want to deal with them all myself right yeah. oh, okay now how can I help you what can I do and, and and sort of tell them what what it is what it isn't uh that was very important so I think that and, and for instance if you don't say the right things if you don't really reel them in the right way maybe they go and then that's the sale and then that's their you know lifetime value then all of these other things get messed up and, and you lose that so it's not just the one customer it's 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 an ongoing income it's an ongoing uh, thing so that was the biggest biggest thing I, everything else i think could have been taken care of but i was more worried about the customers and uh which is actually something really interesting i want to touch upon i know it's not a part of your question but this is something that actually happened in the early days and uh, we had a customer who ordered coffee from us uh, and it was on a Thursday, this time, the weekend hadn't changed, uh, Thursday afternoon, three, 4 PM. Now on our website, everywhere, we would say, you know, two working days, two working days, two working days. It's not a hidden terms and conditions thing. Yeah. It was always there. Uh, so now this guy, he orders at this time and then he sends an email the very next morning. Oh, where's my order? I don't have it yet. And what is this? And uh, if I'd order it from XYZ, I would have gotten it right now. And what is this? So at this point again, I had thought, okay, no patience. It's okay. It's it's a Friday. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this. Yeah, I let it be. The next day it was uh, so a Saturday morning. He emailed again. He's like, what do you What is this 24 seven hour service that you 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 have? Nowhere did I claim that, but okay. Um, yeah you don't have that. And, and I still don't have it. And I still don't have my coffee and you guys are not in the right business. And da, 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 da. I was like, now this, all of this is not just customer feedback to me. This is, this is an attack towards my baby. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, why are you acting? So I, I go, I, I, I checked him out on LinkedIn as well. I was like, okay, who who are you? Like, are you, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, and he saw that I saw him and he actually yeah. sent me a friend request, a connection request. Oh, Okay. Ah, so you knew right and now I'm I, I started um, emailing I emailed him back I'm like you know we're, again we're sorry so this is something I do early on as well you know we're sorry we're always bad customers always right. Um, we'll do it as soon as possible it was two working days and then again he had a very uh, harsh email back I was like you know what let me call him Uh, let me call him Uh, personally myself I'm not going to let any of the team call him because I know it's not going to be a great conversation so I was like hey you know because there's a lot of keyboard warriors there yeah what's happening happening? I was like all right you know I saw your query I'm I'm, uh, we're sorry that it, it didn't deliver I mean it'll be delivered tomorrow on the first working day, actually, we'll but I will do it. He's like, no, what, like, do you think you're a bank that you need two working days? And uh, I'm sorry, like, I know this is your business and I can't really say much about it, but uh, with all due respect, this is not something you should be doing then. Uh, I'm just wow. like, oh my That's gosh. Awful. So had this happened two, three months before I learned you know, all of these things would, yeah. that you learn with entrepreneurship, I would have been like, oh my gosh, okay, fine. Let me go get it myself. Let me go deliver it to him. Let me do this. Let me ask my uh, logistics coordinator to, to, you know, step it up. And then but I thought about it. I was like, no, do you know what? My team works so hard and they work five days a week and they are so into it. I'm not going to put this on them. Mm-hmm. Customer right has really spoiled people here and especially startups made it really hard for startups to, to go for it. You can't, I cannot offer you delivery within 30 minutes um with you know the model that i have just it's really hard i haven't raised 10 million 20 million dollars i haven't done that and no customer is not always right sometimes and then that's where you then take care of your team and and the fact that they then they see that as well yeah they're like, okay, do you know what? Fine. And then when there are a few issues here and there, they they step up. They're like, okay, great, because I don't, I'm not calling them on like a Friday night, going like, hey, why didn't you deliver this order? I know, but just go to the office. It's fine. Just go and just deliver it. What's your problem? They're, we're gonna lose the customer. Can't do that. Yeah. So, so
0: yeah, That's It's beautiful really cool. because you could have been really like reactive in that situation, but it sounds like throughout the whole weekend, the space of only a few days, and all that happened. But in the, during that space, you really like kind of took a step back. It sounds like you didn't rush into it and you were reactive and you were, but I mean, it sounds like also that so much, there was so much learning that came from that. And I think, you know, as much as we don't like the kind of more negative experiences, we need them, don't we? We need these kind of customers. We need this kind of drama sometimes because that's, they give us the biggest lessons, And, you know, even from that, it taught you how to navigate, how to navigate your response to a difficult customer, which, you know, you can always use in the future if it happens again, it taught you how to be with your team, it it kind of really taught you how much you value your team as well. So it's, it's really cool to see like so much. So many like, yeah, like I said, so anyone coming, listening to this, because this is also something that comes up, you know, it's like, a bad experience, or you know, a client that was difficult. Oh my god, I shouldn't do this. I should give up. This happened, and you know, allow it to take over your week. Hey, if there's a learning that's come out from it, you've come out stronger. Then, then it was really powerful. And then you should embrace these things. You know, I think that's another thing in entrepreneurship. We expect things to be so smooth sailing that when something we get knocked down, it's like, oh my gosh, everything is over. It's a crisis. And I mean, yeah, it does feel like that initially. Of course. I mean, I've cried so many tears on my on my journey. I thought, shall I give this up? You know, it's it's normal. I think anyone who said it's it that says it's perfect and smooth sailing, they're they're lying. Like they, it's it's not true. Um. But from that, yeah, it's a a great experience. And also something you said about um, lifetime value as well. You said that, you know, when you were talking about a customer, you weren't, you were thinking about them as, you know, a lifetime customer or, you know, potentially someone who'll be with you for a while. And I think that's also something that's really uh, powerful as well, Uh, because, you know, again, we can kind of get into like, oh, quick wins. I just want a customer. I just want a quick sale. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it's very short term thinking. But really to be successful in this, you've got to think much longer term, which is slower and it takes more time, by the way, like nurturing relationships, putting your heart and soul into it, but it's so much more worth it in the long term.
1: Oh yeah, no, 100%. It has to be like that. If you want that business to be sustainable, it needs to be a lifetime value. It can't just be great. Here's your thing and get lost by.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And same with me, like I've had clients that have been with me for years. They've been coming to my workshops for years. I have, you know, that... And, and that's because of, of the relationships that I've created with them. It's not just about, hey, OK, come once, you know, work with me once. That's it. No, it's about having that, those, you know, really loving and helpful relationships. So how much effort did that take to build those relationships? Oh, my gosh. Like, I think
1: that's what we need to get into as well. You tell me that. How much effort does it take to bring that client on?
0: Yeah, that, that, that's really, I mean, I, that's the thing. I, people look and they think, oh, it's so easy. Like maybe you just post on Instagram and you get all these clients and it's like, you have no idea just how much I go in. And and I said, okay, I mean, I, you've seen, I, I run a lot of workshops um, in UAE for women. I, I talk. Mm-hmm. Everyone who comes to my workshops, everyone, I know them by name. I know their their story. I know their journey. I know so much about them just from spending that time, giving that time, getting to know them online, offline. Yeah. I do that um, just because I'm genuinely interested in it, it and I think relationship is, is so important. And this is why. This is why you know they clients work with me a long time. They they come back to me. Maybe they have a gap. They come back because it's it's that that thing which it, it like I said it takes more time but it's it's very rare nowadays as well people are so much like okay I just want the business or just quick, quick, quit we've done that and it's it takes a lot of time but most and and that's the thing if you want kind of successful outcome you've got to be able to give it the time and most people don't want to they just think why haven't I got the clients why haven't I got the business how much are you putting in? Whatever you put in is what you're gonna get out full stop. So yeah, it takes a, a lot of time, a lot of soul and heart, you know. But like I said, if you enjoy it, but I love it, it's what's true to me. And that's why I say it never really feels like work if you're doing, you know, what you what you love. Exactly. Yeah. That's a real life balance comes in. Which is also not a good thing as well. <laughs> Which is also not a good thing because you have to like I have to actively make myself like I have one day off a week, but even that is like. You know, and, and you just have to. So, yeah, in terms of, of burnout as well, uh, we have to absolutely. And I think, especially even in my line of work, I'm very much giving, it's all client facing, it's all people focused. If I'm drained and burnt out, I'm not going to have any energy uh, to give to other people. So, for me, that's why self care is a big part of my lifestyle so that I can, you know, do the best in terms of my coaching. I just want to ask you, what advice would you give to someone who is thinking of, you know, making that transition? You know, they're, they're at the stage right now where they're in corporate. Maybe they're not very happy. They're not very fulfilled. They're like, I have something I want to do. It could be a business right? I've started on the side, but I'm just not sure. I really don't know. What would you, what would you say to that person?
1: Hmm. So business is not easy. Uh, I think the first thing you need to see is what your support system looks like um and first build that build that support system know that you have people around you that would support you no matter what or have the or, or also have them also believe in what you want to do because if you don't have that and you're going to entrepreneurship itself is very lonely it is very lonely you're going at it alone you're uh you don't have those those colleague, colleagues and, and so forth so your family and your support system are essentially those and those are very very important. So if you have them, then, then you can conquer whatever you need. And then they're going to help you in that as well. And also if you mix your actual passion with business, uh, that work-life balance becomes a bit better because essentially your life is revolved around that anyways so it kind of blends in so there's no need to separate the two right there's no need to like oh no talk about work right now No, i mean i'm drinking coffee right now i'm not i'm not not working but it kind of goes in and maybe trying a different type of coffee and trying something else so it all fuses in together and you need to stop trying to maintain that daily work-life balance but rather just on a holistic larger uh view To maintain it where you know you have your priorities you have some you have things that you take care of um but at the end of the day work is also being done
0: yeah oh that's really powerful yeah okay so I have one last question for you obviously this show is all about confidence it's about self-love I want to ask you what are three things that you say you love about yourself oh oh that's a tough one (laughs) that's why I'm throwing it at you
1: yeah what I love about myself. hmm. Um, thats a really tough. I actually don't think I have the answer to that. Uh, I could come up with three things, but realistically, what I like is uh, oh. that I love people. <laughs> uh, I like talking and I like, um, I like being around people, uh, and the fact that I have that, I can actually it works towards whatever I want to do.
0: Yeah. Um, second thing is, this, this looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> like all. So bad. <laughs> all. this is great this happens every time we have guests on I deliberately put everyone on the spot
1: I always have the ability to put myself in someone else's shoes Thanks. um it's a strength and a weakness at the same time but I always have that um I think that's the second one and the third one would probably be that I don't digress from my values too much uh the values are always There, No matter what's happening, no matter who I'm speaking to, uh, I always maintain those. So it's, uh, whether that be, you know, family values, whether that be business ethical values, uh, that always comes at the center of things, and it doesn't change.
0: That's amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Azeen. Um, This was such a wonderful conversation. Uh, really, really empowering and just so many insights as well that you shared mm-hmm. and it was really great. Do you have any final words or last things that you want to say to our audience? Um, no, just just um thank you for listening
1: actually uh this is uh i hope you guys can take something away from it um but uh drink lots of coffee there is a lot of good coffee out there uh try specialty coffee uh it's a great way to support farmers it's a great way to support roasters uh that's about it really drink drink
0: coffee coffee. yeah coffee (laughs) thank you so much thank you to everyone listening as well take care Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified when each episode is released. And if you have any friends or family who you know would really benefit from this episode, then do share it with them too. If this episode resonated with you in any way, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes to share your feedback. I hang out on Instagram a lot. So if you have any questions or if you'd like to share any thoughts on any of the episodes, feel free to drop me a message there on coach underscore Alia. See you on the next episode.